Hi, my name is Deborah Ogden and I would like to welcome you to On Brand With. Through this podcast, I want to bring you into my world of personal brand and impact and hopefully bring it to life through the experiences of me and my guests. Over the coming episodes, I will talk to a range of people I know and admire and ask them about the different ways they use their personal brand, the positive benefits it can bring and what best practice looks like in the real world. It's 40 years since my guest's mother enrolled her on a charm school course to help her with her confidence and what a life-changing moment that proved to be. Today I'm chatting with Bernadette Gledhill, businesswoman, model and regular contributor to Yorkshire Businesswoman magazine. Signed by a London modelling agency at the age of 19, Bernadette walked the fashion shows for leading companies and international designers. And that gave her a first-hand experience of these fabulous productions, leading to her own business, planning, organising and producing fashion events. Never forgetting her first visit to Charm School, Bernadette runs her own training school, running confidence courses helping her clients gain confidence, style and, more importantly, overcoming their shyness. She continues to model today and is also a regular contributor to style in a number of magazines. Now, although we are talking about Bernadette's industry of fashion and beauty, it soon became apparent that the themes are relevant to all of us. So I do hope you enjoy this conversation in a different industry that I believe we can all learn from. And I started by asking Bernadette, after 12 months of having to cancel live events, how she has coped during the pandemic. Yes, well, I suppose uh, business-wise, dramatically, really, because a year ago, well, just sort of say 13 months ago, we were in the process of planning everything because, of course, as you can imagine, quite large events sometimes take 12 months to plan. So we may finish one and then go into the meeting process and start the following year. So we had, of course, last March, got to the stage where everything that we would have been doing, say from May onwards right through to the autumn, was more or less ready to roll because we like to be quite well organised. So it was such a shock and honestly, and I'm sure you were the same, I can particularly remember that first, that week in March, I think it was Monday the 23rd of March, (laughs) that first week, and every single call, I just seemed to pick up my diary and cross, 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 Mm -hmm. until virtually every single event that we had planned and worked towards had to go, you know, which obviously everybody else went through exactly the same thing. But yes, it was quite a shock to the system. Um, Everybody was great, everybody was fantastic, everybody understood, but there there were just so many people involved in what we do. 
Uh, so, you know, not, not just our clients and fashion and all of that, but it goes all down the scale to, you know, hairdressers, makeup artists, models, choreographers, technical people, sound lighting, all the... So it was like a whole run of, of everybody. And, you know, so that industry, really, the sort of the arts, entertainment industry, has just been so badly hit. So, yes, it, it wasn't a great time, but you have to pick yourself up, haven't you, and, and think positively. And, and the most important thing was that everybody stayed safe and well, which, you know, which we did. So that was absolute priority. And then you just sort of pick up your life and, and, and start to do different things. So, yeah, I had to completely change. I've never not worked and did you did you take some downtime then, or have you? Yes, I did. I spent a little bit of time just you know rethinking everything because you've got to you've got to look after yourself, haven't you as well? Mm-hmm. And actually, once I'd got organised and let everybody know, and everybody, as I say, everybody was great, then I had to completely change, and I and I did make really positive changes and do things. Every single day, I went for a walk for at least five k. Uh, you know looked at the business and not not regularly just maybe once a week sat Mm -hmm. down and tried to think about okay this has happened so this is what we've got to do looking forward to Mm -hmm. other things I did enjoy the sunshine I must say the first first few months we spent we spent a lot of time in the garden which was fantastic so I think sort of March and April felt as I was on holiday at home because I wasn't really used to that Mm -hmm. so that was really nice it's great to spend time you know with my husband in the garden the house is gleaming. <laughs> so as I mentioned to somebody the other week, I think I turned into Mrs. Hinch overnight. You know, everything was cupboards out, wardrobes out. You know, I, I did, so, in fact, looking back, I, I think I did quite a lot actually in those first few months. But no, you know, I'm fine now. I've sort of readjusted. And I have added things into my life that I think are good things that I've added that I, I never actually found the time to do before. Yeah, I think it's made everybody take... We rarely sit back and reflect, do we? Um, Because we're so busy in our lives and we're moving forward. And I I have experience of working in events myself and I think you get on a virtually a a monthly schedule of, of how your life runs to that timetable of events. I can remember when I worked in sport and we would have certain events planned throughout the year and your life virtually follows the rhythm of those events doesn't it? Exactly yes you sort of plan around it don't you so you plan around you because of course my business being fashion is very seasonal so Mm -hmm. um, so it's not sort of you know 24 7 uh, 12 months a year so but yes exactly I plan those times and think right this has got to be you know totally focused then I can take a month off or whatever so but you know that yes it, it was very strange but yes I have added things in and, and certainly things like you know looking after yourself making sure I mean I do eat healthily and things anyway but obviously we've all had to really think around the cooking scene <laughs> so become very health conscious and you know as I say lots of walking and things and also things I mean for us just simple things like the way we dress and the things we do so that all completely changed so um, I quite, I've quite enjoyed the no makeup scene I don't know about you <laughs> although I, we've just been talking off off mic haven't we and, and I said you know I I'm not sure I will go back to heels quite the same and um 
I think there will be a more relaxed feel and I think people have embraced flat shoes and and more relaxed way of dressing, but I'm not sure I can throw away the lipstick. And even though I'm wearing a mask, I have to wear my lipstick. Yes, no, no, me too. And the other thing, actually, I I did get quite obsessed by some of the makeup videos and things, you know, during during lockdown, because I've had lots of, well, lots of meetings like this with clients Mm -hmm. and with agencies and things. So it's been quite nice for everybody to share notes and talk about different things but I think the one thing that we've all said that has come out of it we all feel as though we our skins have been so much better you know I think that has because of course we're normally aren't we dashing from one event to another so it's like makeup on makeup off doing this doing that so the fact that we haven't had to do that I certainly think that you know that has made a, a big difference and I would certainly probably stick to quite a few of the things that I've picked up through this yeah and you know I'd really be interested in you in your view because something that I've talked about a lot um on on webinars over the last few months is about presenting online and showing up online in your as your best self and I don't know about you but um my email inbox has been absolutely full of how to dress for zoom I had one from Harvey Nichols last week still sending me how to dress for zoom and I understand that and I think there are certain things that are distracting on Zoom and there are ways that you can look better on Zoom but my little bugbear is that I would never dream of presenting on Zoom for example in my slippers even though nobody would know that I'd got my slippers on or um, you know with my yoga pants on because for me very much dressing is about uh, is about how how we perform and it's for me as much as for other people and I just wondered what your view was on that uh, Bernadette. Well yes absolutely we've probably been receiving the same emails haven't we <laughs> over, over a long period. Uh, well I, yes I've had um, I'm, and obviously you have an office at home I've had an office at home for many many years and I remember when because obviously in our industry it's very much sort of if I meet clients then I go out to meet clients so I've you know I've been in that fortunate position to be able to work from home for many years but when I first started it was it was quite a shock because I'd always been used to going opening up an office and and all of that so Mm. and probably many many years ago people still wore you know you still wore suits for the office and things Mm. so it, it was a real culture shock but I definitely found from day one of doing that that even if I wore a nice smart pair of jeans and a good top mm. I still would dress as though I was actually going out mm. maybe mm. obviously less makeup but still get up have a shower do your hair put a little makeup on mm. still feel good because I don't think I could perform very well mm. on a zoom meeting if I happen to be sort of still sitting here in my pjs with my slippers on and just a big chunky sweater over the top of it I don't think I would feel the same in a meeting so yes I think it's about how you feel yourself and I'm a great believer um, again similar things with confidence training that if you do feel good about yourself not in an over-the-top way but if you do feel good then you perform better you perform in a more business-like manner 
yeah yeah so so let's talk about that then because um body language is something that we both talk with our with our clients about and I can remember that moment when I had to walk down that catwalk the first time we met and and I think I'm pretty confident when it comes to having to stand on a stage and speak but I do think there is something around that when I stand on a stage and speak I'm I am Deborah and I'm authentic, but I'm stepping into a performance, if you like. But I just felt so vulnerable when I had to walk down that catwalk because I forgot the performance bit and I was walking down as Deborah. And therefore, in our life, whatever walk of life that people listening to the podcast are in we have to walk in a room we have to sit and speak at a a meeting we have to maybe present our body language is being read all the time isn't it well I think we just mentioned at the earlier about the feature that I've just done for Yorkshire Businesswoman Mm. for Topic Magazine Mm. and I did actually mention in that the very first time I went on a course when I was very young so I was 14 just approaching 15 Mm. and the one thing I remember more than anything I was incredibly shy Mm. um, and the one thing I remember more than anything is that very first walk I had Mm. to do so probably rather like you Mm. that very first walk I had to do on my own in front of other people and I can still all those years later I can still feel that little feeling And that's why when we're training now that I never, ever actually put anybody through that at first. Mm -hmm. So probably when we were all doing our training for your uh, the charity show, which was great Mm -hmm. fun. We start out with maybe people doing it in twos or threes or in a group just to, you know, break the atmosphere and give people that little bit of a confidence boost because it is it's all eyes on you isn't it Mm -hmm. and also Mm -hmm. it's something if you're stepping out onto a stage to perform or train it's something that you know so well so even though everybody just gets a little oh gosh you know I'm I'm on now I've got to be doing this it's just that you're walking everybody's concentrating on you and you feel that everybody's looking at that and it is quite a sort of quite a nerve-wracking experience and um, so yes I am I feel I'm quite kind <laughs> to everybody on our first training courses because of what I got put through really but yes yeah. it, it is uh, it is a difficult experience but then of course as, as training goes on you know it, it just becomes easier and the one thing that I do like to say particularly about the I know we're going to talk quite a lot about the training but if we just say take the deportment first of all the one thing I try to say to people is I don't want people going off into the street or, you know, whizzing around Sainsbury's as though they're strutting their stuff on a catwalk. What we really want is for it to become second nature and for it to become very natural. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's about, because there's nothing worse is that than seeing somebody who is walking in a completely ridiculous, over the top, affected sort of way. So I think it's just got to be very natural and and people have different styles and people take it differently so I suppose that's like uh, when when I'm talking about 
a brand. We're talking about being authentic. And I would think then that people, am I right in thinking that, that you give them the guidelines, you give them sort of a structure, if you like, a way of doing it. And then it's about making that their own and they embrace that. So it becomes a more authentic way as they become more confident. Exactly. Because not everybody comes on a course to become a model. So <laughs> some people just come because they want to. As you mentioned, maybe walking into a room, walking into a restaurant, or maybe if somebody's going to a really special occasion or doing mm-hmm. something very special and everybody looks great. And what mm-hmm. you don't want to do is sort of look fantastic and then be let down by your yeah. presentation or the way you would mm-hmm. enter a stage, enter a room by, you know, the shoulders drooping <laughs> and, <laughs> and all of that. So I think it's just about building that. So we do very simple exercises, just simple things, you know, sit up straight so it's quite funny actually I'm sure you do this with your training if ever I'm actually training particularly say to groups of ladies so I've done things like um, style training for retailers on the high street and things like that as soon as you say to people right you know first of all let's just sit back in our chair and get our shoulders back and immediately the whole room they just look so much more professional so it's just little simple, simple things like that so for the deportment I just do a very simple exercise people can do at home just standing with your back to a wall with your heels Mm -hmm. to the skirting board get those shoulders nice and straight and then just practice yourself leaving that wall and realize that how your back has has is not straight you know how it's come forward mm-hmm. and it, they're just little simple things that you can do at home and it does make a difference and it also makes people realize that they are everybody's busy aren't they they're carrying things sitting over computers mm-hmm. dashing around and shoulders become sort of more and more in and so it just makes such a nicer presence really if people get that lovely posture people look more confident and and so often we're trying to communicate confidence certainly in a business environment but it is that feeling of confidence as well isn't it and I know I've done a a lot of work around Amy Cuddy's work on presence and how she talks about how your body language impacts on your confidence as well as um on your hormones as well and on your hormone makeup as well as the psychological impact but I just think it's such a such a powerful message so talk to me a little bit more about the the training you do for young people in confidence as well because I have a 13 year old son and you know we've talked talked to him from an early age being able to shake hands with people look people in the eye make eye contact and so many young people these days, certainly after the last 12 months, are going to find it so, so difficult to connect and, and build these relationships, aren't they? Exactly. And um, although our training courses are really for anyone, and we, we know we've mm-hmm. held courses in schools and colleges, and as I say, you know, high street retailers, all sorts of different clients, but the sort of day-to-day ones where people would just book and come on one of our confidence courses themselves, mm-hmm. it does tend to be sort of teenage girl, you know big influence mm-hmm. teenage girls through to through to 20s actually mm-hmm. um but the teenage years you're absolutely right I think it's very difficult I mean as I say I was only 14 nearly 15 when I did my first course and it was very different in those days and I was actually the only teenager because I was thrown in with a group of ladies who were all married and doing it for fun you know so it was even mm-hmm. more traumatic for me whereas oh, now 
all the girls that come, and we do take boys as well, but the girls that come, they're all very similar and they're all in the same position, so they've all come for different reasons. And the majority really that they're maybe lacking in confidence. Um, the thing I really worry about is these social media problems, you know, that a lot of people... I've had so many girls share stories about why they're lacking in confidence mm-hmm. because of things mm-hmm. like social media, school, a little bit of bullying, you know, all that sort of thing. And so it's quite rewarding to see how they change and how they change mm-hmm. together. So, yes, yeah, so we start out, first of all, with pretty much the things we've just been talking about. So presentation skills, you know, how mm-hmm. to walk. You look great, so why not? enter a room and feel mm-hmm. great about yourself um, the way they dress the way they look one of the things I really do sometimes I have to work around is try to get this you know when you're 13 and 14 you don't need to look 20 I think it's <laughs> that is one thing that and a lot of mothers do ring me and thank me for this because it's so important that they stay looking young, looking fresh, embracing, you know, young street fashion, all of those things, that's so important. So I think it's very much about that, not trying to emulate celebrities too much, try and try and be themselves. And then, of course, as you've said, which is fantastic that you already do this, you know, with your son, but being able to meet people of any age, any walk of life and look them in the eye and shake hands and introduce yourself rather than just sort of head down muttering something that you don't even hear the name properly. All those things, I think, are really sort of helpful. And particularly because I think a lot of young people go through a lot of... Pre- I think it's more, there's much more pressure, isn't there, now to succeed? Absolutely. Much more pressure yeah. for things like, you know, qualifications, going for jobs, all of those things. Whereas if you've had some of this before, it, it does help you as, as, you, as you go along. So... All those social skills, um, mm. really important. Mm. And then, of course, image, um, yeah. which is, I think, sometimes, and for many years, I think people thought because of what we do, so because obviously we're in, you know, I've always been involved with the model industry, we organise fashion events, that people thought that we would be the ones that were completely over the top image-wise. Mm. And mm. actually, we're completely the opposite. You know, it's very much about sort of, you know, back to basics, look natural. If you're going somewhere fabulous and you're doing something, then yes, we can show you how to look. But day to day, you don't mm. need makeup, you know, just mm. look great. Pair of jeans and a lovely great T-shirt, hair back, minimal makeup, slick of lip gloss or whatever. <laughs> but just keep it far more natural. So it is mm. difficult sometimes trying to get that across that that's what we are about. And have you seen that change a lot, say, in the last 10 years or so? Because, you know, you look at the influence of the Kardashians and all these people on on social media. Um, and I can remember, and I feel a little bit vulnerable sharing this, but I've always absolutely loved Vogue magazine. And I can remember my first Vogue magazine and, and I still sit now and I read it cover to cover and I look at all the adverts, I look at the fashion. I It's one of my guilty pleasures in life. But, you know, I can remember in my late 30s, at times feeling not good enough, comparing myself to women in vogue and 
I'm an intelligent woman, I'm 50, I look at people and I think, Deborah, they are probably 30 years younger and they've been airbrushed. So I'm feeling like that at times on a bad day. I I think, you know, as you grow older and and you accept it and, and you accept yourself. But I just think for young people coming through, that must be such a challenge for them. Yeah, it, it is. And, and as you say, it is for everyone, really. You know, it's not just teenagers. Mm. And I think, I do think the industry has changed for the better, mm. you know, from, from when mm. I say first started modelling, particularly when I had this first, you know, thrown into a scene in London that I wasn't used to and things like that. Mm. Um, what I do try and say to everybody, look, I've always been involved in this industry it's a very tough industry to be involved in. You have to completely, I mean, and all models would say this, no matter how successful they are, that there is a huge amount of rejection within mm. the industry. Yeah. And you have to really toughen up. And some days you're much tougher than others. <laughs> but for every single fantastic photograph that you see in Vogue or on Instagram or anywhere, there may have been hundreds of photographs taken Mm. to get Mm. that one. And I really, I stress this to everybody on the courses, do not think that every time you pick up that phone or pick up that magazine Mm. or see somebody on a, you know, online or whatever, that they have just walked out of the house and been like that because they haven't. It's Mm. it's known in the industry and you you get you do a photo shoot and you might get a hundred pictures back and honestly some of them are horrendous (laughs) they are horrendous and then all of a sudden there's one you know and and you sort of know that's the picture so I think it's trying to make people understand that nobody is so perfect and yes as you say a lot of the huge companies naturally they're edited but there is now, you know, which is a good thing, less of it. Mm-hmm. And I think um, the fashion industry is, you know, really embracing, it's, you know, all different ages or different sizes or different people from different walks of life. So it's not just about the fact that you have to be five foot ten, size eight, mm-hmm. 20. You know, <laughs> those things yeah. have gone, which is a, huge, a good thing. There's still, a, you know, improvements to be made, but... It has gone, and I think it's it's a much I think it's much better now, easier. Yeah, the the diversity is, and and even over the last couple of years, it was lovely actually. One of my guests a few months ago was a, a young lady called Sarah Dransfield, and she she was in Italian Vogue. Um, very recently, she's with the Zebedee Modeling Agency, who specialise in more diverse models, don't they? But and I just think these pictures were so so powerful, and I know that Gucci, even the top top brands, are using more diverse models. But I think even as a as a woman of fifteen, and and I know you're you're still modelling, and how do you feel? Is did you have a break? Have you continued modelling all through your career? No, I haven't actually, because um, obviously I did for many many years, and I I worked on uh, mainly catwalk shows, really, which was fantastic. And then of course through that, and then through my association with Louise Morton, and then we went into partnership. Um, until she passed away, which is 15 years ago, I think now. But of course, I was working very much on the business side 
And I was actually organising shows where I was actually, you know, booking all the models and things, which obviously I still do. But I would never work as a model on an event that I'm planning because there's too much, you know, obviously that that's my business that has to be right. So the modelling would, would not even be included. Um, I have actually, because the business is seasonal, and I sort of fell back into it a little bit by fluke really through a photographer and then a couple of agencies that I know um, or knew anyway because obviously I book models through agencies as well Mm -hmm. so um, who started classic divisions just asked me if I'd be interested in joining so that was fun because that's more like um, that's nothing to do with my business side Mm -hmm. it's sort of my hobby side I like to think of it as but in some ways it's good because it keeps you it's good to be involved in all types of of the business all the time isn't it so I try to keep Mm -hmm. everything separate really I keep the training as one side of the business I keep the fashion event production as the other and then the other side is is my like a sort of a fun thing so that's quite nice but it's good to still do it because it it keeps you on your toes Deborah Mm -hmm. you know it keeps you sort of focused it keeps you up to speed with everything that's going on out there and uh, and yeah I, I enjoy that do you enjoy it I do yeah. enjoy it. yes yes I do enjoy it and as I say it's a little it's almost like light relief for me really to just sort of do something else yeah and I you know I'm, I'm talking to people all the time about being visible so just by being visible in, in whatever way so it may be that you have a, a picture there and people may look into you know it will have your name and then they make that association with the business and it all fits beautifully doesn't it with your personal brand it does and also I think it's very very important that you know I know uh, we're talking about classics but that mature I mean I, I never really know when mature begins to you <laughs> I think I'm you know just staying young but anyway I think it's very important that it's back to the diversity isn't it that people of all ages and walks of life can inspire and you know there are lots of women out there that I know follow that are still amazing models you know in their mm-hmm. 50s 60s 70s and 80s even but yeah, they're still yeah. they still look fantastic and everybody wants to have um have that in their life I think they don't want to just sort of look at one age group so mm-hmm. I think it's important that people are promoting things like style fashion beauty products and the whole thing just just goes together well i know earlier i'm sure it was earlier this year well uh, sorry about 12 months ago judy dench was on the front cover of vogue for the very first time and i remember and she's in her 80s and looked absolutely stunning and i remember writing a post then how how you know it's taken her till eighty four, I think, to be on the front cover of Vogue. I'm sure that wasn't a burning ambition, but how many of us say, "Oh, I'm too old to do something," or "I've left it too late," and actually, what an inspiration it is, and and for all the downside of social media, you look at some of the more mature shall we say influencers that have had have developed a great career on Instagram be it through fashion and you know there are some great women and men on there 
being um sharing that message and inspiring everybody yes well it, it is important isn't it and when i think particularly when it's sort of been your, your livelihood and things like that it's, it's great to be able to continue sharing different things as you grow along through the different processes mm-hmm. and things i think it's just great that you can actually share those experiences as well so you started off so let, let's just talk about your career then so your mum sent you off on your course when you were 14 so um was that a moment where you just fell in love with the industry at that point well it was um yes obviously I was I was very shy and I was I was about five foot eight, I think, when I was about fourteen. And I always used to get great best friends, but they were always really small. And I used to pull myself down to their level. And my mother used to say, "Put your shoulders back, stand up straight," all those things. And I think she was she sort of did it in desperation, to be honest, really. And actually made the appointment without me even knowing. So we went along. And as I say, in those days, I was the only teenager alongside all these other ladies who just gone as, as a, a fun hobby. Um, so, yes, the, the first experience was quite quite a daunting experience, but I really enjoyed it. And I did realise that I was sort of loving something I'd never really thought of, to be honest. But I was sort of loving that side of fashion, beauty and listening to all these different stories. And it's in, in those days at school, career advice was very limited. So to actually get into um, a, a fashion career, there was really wasn't, a, to be honest, a lot of advice around. So when I left school, I trained in beauty for a year. And then after that year, I was maybe 19 then, then I decided that I would give the modelling side a go, which I did. And of course, it was all quite life changing because yeah. that's all I've ever done, really. I've always worked in the beauty, fashion and model industry ever since. So that was probably, I think, it, you know, there's a little bit of luck along the way, although, you know, you work hard along the way in business. Um, so, yes, it sort of happened. I suppose that would be the inspiration. I would I'd never, ever have thought of going into that industry at all if I hadn't have done that very first course. And did you travel a lot? Have you travelled yes, a lot? Yes, so with the... I, well, I had, um, I had an agency. When I was very young, uh, my first sort of big step was to get an agency in London, which was quite a, quite a daunting experience, you know, coming from a small village near Halifax to be thrown into Bond Street and have to find my way around at 20 you know, on tubes and go to photographers and all those sort of things. It was quite a big, quite a big challenge. But mm-hmm. of course, you sort of grow into it. So I was really lucky that for so many years, um, I, I didn't do a great deal of photographic work. I did nearly all fashion and catwalk, mm-hmm. which I loved. I've always really loved the, that, I suppose that's how I ended up loving the fashion event mm-hmm. side and the fashion show side so much so so that was lovely and you know working for different designers and fashion shows were such a big thing the 70s mm-hmm. 80s well even into the 90s there were huge social events yes. so I'd be working oh gosh in the seasons you know we'd be working nearly every day off in wow. the car back home packing the car again off to a different part of the country tomorrow. It was non-stop with people holding great fashion events. And they were always really big. The women always came looking fabulous to watch. And, you know, it, it, they were big things, which, of course, you don't get that now, do you? There, there are not the mm. same amount of sort of special fashion events that um, 
that we had in those days. So, so yeah, I had some fantastic experiences and worked with some amazing people. And then, yes, and then, of course, it went into then working with the training and then organising events, which, of course, I love because, again, working on a completely different side on the events, I've just worked with some fantastic, fantastic people putting shows together and not just sort of clients as retailers, but also working with a lot of education, colleges, universities, young degree students. So mm. that's also been a really, a really great side of the business. That, that must be very satisfying. So you may see a young um, designer that is working in, a, you know, displaying their first event, their first fashion show and watching their careers. I was talking to a, a client a couple of weeks ago who works in the textile industry and he was saying how you know he works with some of the biggest names now the Yves Saint Laurent, Dior and he said but um, some of the people really did start out out of their back bedroom and he said I worked with them then and I supported them then then and now they're at the top of these fashion houses and there is a loyalty that that stays through if you support people at the start absolutely well i remember um batley college of art and design many years ago was it was you know the college in yorkshire to to mm. study fashion had a huge reputation and i remember putting a fashion show together probably in my early stages of, of, of you know producing shows and putting things together and christopher bailey was one of the mm. one of the students at batley college of art who of course went on to eventually become the creative director of burberry yeah. and I mean, it's fantastic. You know, he was born in Halifax, went to Batley College of Art and then, you know, became how, you know, how he got to probably the number one role in, in fashion. And mm. I remember it is quite strange, though, because over the years, some of the students that I've worked with, we might you might have 30, 40 students graduating in one end of year mm. show. Mm. Sometimes I mean, it actually got to even more than that over the last few years. But there are certain ones sometimes that you think there's just something. It's it's like that in every career, isn't it? You find mm -hmm. somebody and there's just that something. And of course, you know, quite a lot of them, and I have kept in touch with quite a lot, which has been great, that I've gone off to work for some incredible, you know, fashion magazines, designers. And so it's great over the years just following their progress and thinking, gosh, I remember them as a young mm -hmm. student at, you know, Huddersfield University or Leeds or wherever. And uh, so, yes, it is, it's super. And, and once they've got the whole show together, after four years of studying and creating, and then they see their collections on a catwalk, you know, mm. that is such a huge uh, moment for them. And of course, the last few years, they've not been able to do that, which I feel so sorry for students who were graduating last year and some for this year, then yeah. are not able to share that experience. And I do think, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I do think that often the fashion industry is looked down upon but actually in in the UK and I, I, I can't quote the figures but I know just from reading that it's a huge huge part of yes 
Well, you know, if, if you, ha- you put everything together, don't you? Sort of, you know, text, I mean, Huddersfield, you know, textiles, we have mm. some amazing companies, don't we, on our doorstep, mm. still providing fantastic cloths around the world. So mm-hmm. if, you, if you put it to everything from textiles, design, you know, everything, it's huge. And it, and it is a shame. I think it, I think it has improved over the years, hasn't mm. it? But of course, particularly over the last couple of years, and certainly the last year, it's again, it's, it's all change again, isn't it? You know, from the high street to mm. how things are going to change again. Um, so, but yeah, massive. And, and I do think it's a shame when people do, you know, people say, oh, I'm studying fashion, that they almost think, oh, you know, is, is that a real job? <laughs> and have you noticed that, so if people are selecting models for a fashion show, um, and I'm thinking there'll be different models for photographic work there'll be different models but a lot of the fashion shows have actually gone online in this crazy world we live in and do some people come across better online or on zoom than they would do in person does it affect the way people select their model well i think a great model is a great model where you know, mm. wherever you are so whether it's in a real life show online whatever mm. i think um, and again it's a little bit like we were just saying about the designers you know there are certain mm. models that just oh yes you know just right um the, the pros people often ask me about this actually about how you select models for different shows and and we have a different selection processes with the different types of uh, events that we do. So, for example, if we were organising a show for a college or a university, then the brief for models would be probably very young, very quirky, you know, completely, mm. talking about diversity, a complete mm. range of looks. Um, age group, obviously, they, they tend to be quite young for something like mm. that because that would be the image of, of the designer. Um, so for that, I would actually look at, you know, maybe models that work regularly with me that fit that brief, or I would then roll it out to agencies that I work with to send me selections of models that they feel that would be suitable for that as well. And then we may get it down to say something like 40 models and then select 20 or 25 from those 40 with the client. Mm. Then maybe for something like, um, you know, if you, if you say looking at something like a really nice uh, in-store designer show, then based on the age range of their clients, so they may be sort of maybe 35 plus, then again, you, you choose models according to that. The Great Yorkshire Show, of course, is a is a fabulous, fun show. So you have to have models for that that have great personalities, really interact with the crowds. So the, the actual model selection process is quite an interesting one because not everybody fits every brief. So we you know we do make lots of changes. And and I can see um, similarities there again with brand and business in that it's about knowing your audience and, and knowing what your audience want and need so that you have that engagement and that connection as well. And and how, how much of that is, so you said there about the Great Yorkshire Show and it's about the personality, but how much of being a great model is actually down to mindset and that inner confidence as well as the outer confidence? Yes, well, I think um, a mo- you need to be very versatile because obviously, you know, the industry is very is very different. So you have to be very versatile. 
I think if, if anybody asked me the, the biggest thing, you know, the biggest attributes that a model can have, number one, I think, has got to be attitude. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously you've got to be professional, you've got to do all the things that you should do, but attitude has a huge, mm-hmm. huge impact on clients. And normally, I mean, obviously Zoom meetings have been the style over the last 12 months for selections, but it, under normal conditions, we may, or we did, do live castings. So I would, you know, maybe have a room where models would come and walk in and meet the client and then, you know, sort of walk and, and then they decide whether they were right for their brand. But really the thing that sold them wasn't just the walk or even the way they looked, it was how they came across the person. So mm. it's back to the inner confidence, the personality and just little things, thanking the client, you know, introducing yourself in the right way to the client, thanking the client. That's all as important as, as how you look. So you, you've got to have the whole package and there are many models that I've worked with for years and the reason I love working with them is because I know that they would never, ever let me down. They would always be absolutely great with whoever they're working for. So, yes, I think I think attitude and personality are huge. And we're talking particularly about your industry and fashion and modelling, but virtually everything we've talked about today, I would say are great lessons for all of us in whatever industry in however we show up so it's about believing in yourself it's about being resilient it's about understanding that some days we're going to get a rejection but that isn't always the case and you know the please the thank you and it sounds so obvious but being able to shake hands being able to introduce yourself being able to small talk being punctual. They're all such small things. But, you know, I I often, and I was going to say it earlier in the conversation when we were talking about being younger, but I can remember always saying, you know, I was never the cleverest. I was never the funniest. I was never the fastest in PE. um, I was never the prettiest. But I learned very early on that if you show up and you're enthusiastic and you go the extra mile and you connect with people and you listen and all those things can make such a huge, huge difference. Yes, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. It's not It's not just about about looks at all, is it? Um, mm. I think it is all that you, all those things that you've just mentioned are, are so important. And it, it's funny, isn't it? I, I did put in the um, Yorkshire Businesswoman uh interview recently that just simple things and you know may does it sound old-fashioned now but I don't think it does all those things that you've just said are all things that I mentioned saying please saying thank you being appreciative and all those things and they are still very important people still notice and I I have we have a bit of a, a a a giggle in our house because every time it's Oscar's birthday or Christmas he has to write his thank you letters and there's a groan but I can remember my brother and I having to write our thank you letters and it was my birthday as it was yours I know last week and I've got my thank you letters to write this year and and it's something I do in business and it's something I'm surprised when people comment But it's those small things that people remember you. And as you said earlier, it is so, so competitive. 
out there. I was working with some young lawyers a couple of weeks ago and the number, I think something like 25,000 people signed up on law courses this year. And of those, there is a fraction that will get a trainee contract. So how do they stand out? And yes, the academic side and the technical side is actually a given. But being able to walk in a room, being able to, without being arrogant, being able to articulate your value is priceless these days yes it is it's funny actually because when we were talking about you know models standing out i remember um as a casting quite a few years ago um the the models were all selected and Mm. one boy he wasn't selected they really liked him but for some reason he wasn't selected but before he left he just popped his head back into the room to say thank you to all of us before he left anyway to cut a very long story short one of the boys they had selected for some reason, couldn't take on the job at the at the last minute. And the client rang me and said, do you remember the boy that opened the door mm. and said, thank you, at the end of the casting? I said, oh, yes, who it was. He said, mm. book him. Mm. And I've always remembered that, and I still tell this story to, to models, up-and-coming mm. models, mm. how important... It was months later, you know, that the boy had probably even forgotten that he'd done it because he was so used to doing it. But I've always remembered, I thought, that is just a tiny little thing that happened. And yet he was the one that got the booking and worked for this company every year for, for years mm-hmm. after. So it, it, it is very, you know, it, it is a really good um, point to get across to young people that it is important to do that. So just one thing before we, we, we sort of wind up the conversation. So you must have had thousands of photographs taken over the years and one of the things that um, my clients talk about quite often is having photographs taken for social media for so so would you just share some tips on how do we show up for a great photograph and and what's the best way to get the best out of the situation <laughs> right okay well I think I think one thing that's very important actually is your, is your relationship with the photographer because if you feel very comfortable with the photographer that you're working with, that is a huge plus. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a female, then, then a great makeup artist is always good. <laughs> um, and, you know, and I've worked with some fantastic makeup artists. And sometimes um, when you've had your makeup done, you think, you look so different, don't you? You don't mm-hmm. feel like mm-hmm. yourself. But obviously then behind the camera, it does look completely different. I think you have to feel good um, if it's something quite personal, if it's, say, for mm-hmm. um, a promotion for a business or something. I think you have to feel as though it does actually, it is you and that mm-hmm. you can yeah. be confident that you feel as though it's actually, you know, you're being yourself and that mm-hmm. and relaxing. I think if you know, if you're, if you're too tense and you, you try to pose too much, mm-hmm. then it looks as though it's like a forced photograph. So if sometimes the best pictures, I think, are the most natural. And, you know, it, I, I walk around talking about posture and things, but sometimes a slouch can be a, great, <laughs> can be a great picture. So I think it's just about getting the right, just moving, moving with the camera, working with the photographer and, and not being frightened to just get lots and lots of pictures. And, and the photographer will, will work with you until you get it right. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because... 
I'd spent many years as a media manager, so putting other people in front of the camera, yet it's the one thing. And, and I, I have one particular photographer, a guy called John Steele, that I do a lot of work with, and he always makes me laugh and we always giggle. And for the first half hour... I'm sure he doesn't even look at the first half hour of photographs because I'm still thinking, oh, I'm having my photograph taken. But then he always just captures a couple that are just me and they may not be the best photograph of me, but they're a great picture of me. And for me, for a personal branding shoot, that's what you want. You want something that encaptures your personality in that shot. Yes, no, you're absolutely right. And lighting, of course, is always very, very important. And I think uh, I think feeling confident about what you're wearing as well is, is something that, you know, people should really think about before they have the pictures taken. But you're right. I mean, quite often the ones where you're not actually looking at the camera mm. are often the ones, aren't they, where you, you, as you say, you're just caught in that moment. But yeah, not, not, to be afraid to experiment and and you will get some awful pictures and you'll get some great ones but you know just scan through them <laughs> get rid of the ones that you don't like and then just sort of get it down to the ones that you do think look like you which is important and unfortunately in fashion that doesn't always work because of course sometimes they're trying to create an image that is not you you're just uh, a blank canvas so that's that's quite different because you don't really tend to look at the picture as though it is you it's more about um, a brand or or an image mm. it's sort of two very different two very different looks and I think um, you, you do get used to working between the two. So you've said about you know a, a challenging 12 months what does there have you got some exciting events being booked back in what does the what do the next few months hold for the next few months yes we have some things back in unfortunately we do have quite a few events that we're not able to put Mm -hmm. back in mainly because of the numbers and crowds um, mm-hmm. it's it's just not going to, to work this year. So that's a shame, but it doesn't matter. We've got to work within the guidelines and do what we have to do. And so we'll do all the things that we have that we can do. And mm-hmm. then hopefully 2022, I've already got more in the diary for 2022 than I have for 2021. So 2022, hopefully we'll be able to pick it all back up and, and slowly rebuild, which is it's just one of those things. And, you know, there are many people in the same position as me in business that have, have gone through the same thing. So it's a shame. You know, we, do, we don't really like losing years, do we really? Particularly no. <laughs> when you get to the age I've got to now, I don't want to really be losing years of, of things that I could be doing. But it's, it's just the way it is. So 2022, I'm definitely looking forward to. But yes, one or two things already coming in for 2021. And and so just finally, for those people that, you know, because we all have our bad days, don't we? And we all have those days where I always say you've got to show up as Sally Sunshine and uh, put the number 10 smile on. So so what, what are your sort of top three confidence tips for people to show up as their best? What can people take away? I think, yes, as you say, we've all had them, we've all been through things and thought oh gosh I've got to do this so I think number one is make yourself feel good you know dive in the shower 
get yourself feeling good, wear something that you feel very confident in. I'm definitely with you on a good slick of lipstick and, and, and just, just feel good and, and enjoy it because everybody has, uh, everybody has difficult days or tough times in business. But yes, just get out there because you never know where that is going to lead anyway, do you? It can be one of those moments where you suddenly meet somebody that you weren't expecting to meet. So I think just treat every day as professionally as you can. Oh, I love that. Yes, because like the chap who popped his head back in the door and said, thank you. We never know. It might be one of those sliding door moments. Exactly. It? Yes. And he and he's many, many years ago and he's still going strong. So that that's a mm-hmm. really good example, isn't it? Oh, what a fabulous story. Well, thank you so much, Bernadette. I could chat to you for hours and I'm going to make sure that there's room in that diary for me for a coffee so we can pick up this conversation further. But thank you for for sharing uh, your stories today because I think even though it is quite a unique industry, I think the messages that you share are relevant to every single person, male, female, young, older, whatever walk of life we can all learn from it oh well thank you very much thank you for inviting me as well and i'm definitely looking forward to the coffee super see you soon thank you see you soon bye-bye you've enjoyed today's conversation and i'd love you to join in the conversation as well the best way to do that is through social media and i can be found at instagram and twitter at do underscore impact if you'd like to sign up for my newsletter or learn more about my monthly membership the impact club please visit the website at deborahogden.com enjoyed this episode of on brand with i would so appreciate it if you would rate review and subscribe it helps other people know we exist thanks for tuning in and i'll see you on the next episode thanks for listening to on brand with it was hosted by deborah ogden and produced by me anthony short this has been a short stories production